I can stack them hundreds to the roof. I ain't stopping till they stack to the moon. Without me, my family wouldn't have food. Anybody go against me, gotta lose. What is up, guys? You're listening to MFCEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, today is Thursday Thunder. If you're new, Thursday Thunder is short. Tuesday Lightning is long. I don't know. Does that sound good? You guys are shaking your heads at me. (laughs) These guys don't think Tuesday Lightning sounds good. Tuesday Lightning and Thursday Thunder? No? Okay. Well, anyway, Tuesday is long. Thursday is generally short. Today, it's going to be short-ish. All right? Um, Guys, if you're new to the podcast, please tell your friends if you enjoy the content. I don't advertise this. I'm not running Facebook ads and YouTube ads and all this other bullshit that all these motherfuckers do to post their shit all over the place. I rely on you, and I rely and put my my faith into what I preach. Um, I always talk to you guys and tell you guys that if you do good and you do great and you create a great product, people will tell other people. I'm a firm believer in that. I've built companies that that are based entirely around that concept, and uh, this podcast is as well. So uh, if you enjoy the content, if you find it useful, all I ask is that you refer one friend per episode that you enjoyed to come subscribe to the podcast. Now, that can happen through a post, it can happen through a tag, it can happen through a conversation, but I mean a quality recommendation, having a conversation with someone. If you tag someone in one of my posts, tell them why they should listen. Tell them why they should subscribe. You tagging random motherfuckers in my post, believe it or not, doesn't do a whole lot for me. So I'm here giving you literally my lifetime experience for fucking free, so I ask that you do a little reciprocation for me. I don't think it's too much. So today, um, I want to talk to you about something that is more of a, uh, it's more of a cultural concept that I learned about um, a while back. You know, I've always heard this joke among Europeans and it goes something like this. What do you call someone who could speak more than one language? And the answer is obviously multilingual or bilingual. What do you call someone that can only speak one language? And the Europeans will always say American. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I fucking get it, right? We don't speak uh, a lot of other languages here. But here's the thing. We're American as fuck. And you would be American as fuck too if you lived in the greatest country on earth. All right? But yeah, I'm guilty, right? I'm a redneck from South County, St. Louis. Uh, my only interest in, you know, Asian culture growing up was eating at the Lime Walk All-You-Can-Eat Chinese Buffet on Lime Ferry Road, right up from where I grew up. Um, in college, I dated this attractive girl from Belgium for, I don't know, four, five, six years. I can't remember exactly. And at the time, you know, I didn't care much about learning about Belgium. And truth be told, I can't remember a whole lot of what I did learn. Um, she spoke Dutch. I learned a little bit about beer. They do these shots over there called Geneva shots. Uh, you know, and, and they eat wild game. Um, they do some interesting things, but I didn't like at the time really put myself into their culture. Uh, you know, one time, and this is a true story. Uh, this girl wanted me to go to like this really nice French restaurant. And, and, you know, all I could think about was the only French food that I like is guess what? French fries. 
And I think, you know, a lot of us American people are like that. We don't know much. We grow up in short, sort of a sheltered, you know, uncultured, unrefined situation. You know what? That's fucking fine with me. Okay. So I'm not the most multicultural person on the planet. I admit it. But I learned something about French culture that really I think is useful and helpful to think about to anyone. Years ago during the 1800s, the people in France who were the wealthiest and most influential people were guided by this concept called noblesse oblige, okay? In English, it means nobility obliges or noble obligation. The easiest way of explaining it is to ask you this. Have you ever seen the movie Spider-Man, right? You know how Spider-Man is like the big thing and, 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 and he always says, with great power comes great responsibility. He had the ability to climb walls and shoot webs and, and you know, he was obliged to use these abilities against evil. Well, that's basically what noblesse oblige is about, okay? The elite French people thought of it as with lots of wealth and social status comes responsibility. Now, with that being said, we're the elite most privileged members of society. They said and thought and lived by the attitude of, hey, we're the elite. We're the most privileged members of society. So we need to do everything we can to help those that aren't privileged and don't have as much. And I like that attitude a lot, except for one thing. This isn't 1800s France. It's modern day America. We don't believe in royalty and lords and ladies and dukes and duchesses and all this other bullshit. We believe in equality. Not that everybody is the same. Some people are smarter than others. Some people are superior to others in their discipline, in their character, and in their work ethic. So it doesn't mean equality of people. People are going to have better skills than you. They're going to be better than you. What it really means is equality of opportunity. So in other words, there's no social class that we're born into that we can never move out of. All right. No king is going to sit there and say, you're noble and you're not. You're elite and you're not. There is no law like in most other countries in the history of earth that prohibits us from rising out of the level that we started at in life. And I think it's funny because so many people think that the presidents of the United States were born into blue blood, rich families with silver spoons in their mouth. Like the presidency is some sort of billionaire's boys club. The reality is, is about 50% in this, this, by the way, statistical fact, 50% of the men that have become president and of the United States and leader of the free world were born to poor not wealthy, not middle-class, poor homes, okay? And a lot of them came from very fucked-up families, all right? Dwight Eisenhower, who was America's 34th president and the general in charge of the Allied troops in World War II, was raised by a very, very, very poor family where he had to earn money selling vegetables and working in a creamery. Ronald Reagan was born during the Depression into a lower middle class family, and his father was a traveling salesman who was also an alcoholic. Bill Clinton, born to a totally fucked up family. No surprise there, right? He was born into a poor family situation with a single mom and then an abusive alcoholic stepfather. Look at Barack Obama, all right? Not everybody likes him, but it's, here's the thing. His dad took off early in his life. He was raised by his poor single mind and moved all over the place, okay? 
you guys who are sitting there making excuses, making looking at your circumstances, becoming victims, here's these guys who are presidents of the United States, the most powerful fucking country in the world. Okay, all these guys were different politically, but they have one important thing in common. They didn't let being born poor keep them from becoming the most powerful leader on the planet in their time. And truth be told, I've had guests on this podcast that had the exact same kind of stories. If you listen to the Bedros podcast, his family escaped from communism, Armenia. Okay, they came to the U.S. and had nothing and literally had to scavenge in dumpsters for food. Now he's a top fitness entrepreneur and multimillionaire. Randall Pitch, his mom escaped from communist Cambodia. Pol Pot's killing fields were one of the worst genocides in the history of Earth. And he grew up around gangs and poverty and shootings and murders and drugs. And now he's killing it as one of the most influential entrepreneurs of our time right now okay the stories go on and on and and the people we've had on the show like dean graziosi tyron woodley ed my you name it they rose from the ashes rags to fucking riches they moved from the lowest social class and economic status to the highest did they get any help i don't know the truth is i do believe sometimes people need a little help And I'm not opposed to some basic government programs that can help a little for people who really need it. But there's no question that all those guys that I just mentioned didn't succeed because they got fucking help. They succeeded because whether they call it this or not, they believed in the concept of noblesse oblige. They believed that they had a noble obligation to pursue wealth and success, and they had a responsibility to work as hard as they can and use that wealth and success to help others to make a huge impact on this earth. We're talking about legacy. But here's the thing. They didn't believe that because they were born into privilege. They believed it because they embraced the fucking privilege of being born. They said, I'm alive, so I have a responsibility to make the most of my fucking life. Think about that. I want you to seriously think about that. I'm going to shut up for a second. These guys embraced the privilege of being born. They embraced the obligation of being fucking born. Guys, the truly elite of the world, the movers and shakers of history, they believe they have a noble obligation to pursue wealth and success. Do you? People like Eisenhower and Clinton and Bedros and Randall, they did it and they continue to do it. Will you? people like Eisenhower and Clinton and Bedros and Randall, they did it and they continue to do it day in and day out. They don't make excuses. They don't boo-hoo about where the fuck they come from or how hard they fucking had it. They use the resources of the lessons they learned from being fucking poor to make shit happen. All right? You never hear about somebody great talking about how bad they had it in a way that wasn't something that benefited them. Okay? These guys do it, they continue to do it, and they're going to continue to do it and dominate for the rest of their fucking lives. Are you? I fucking hope so because you're alive. So living with all your fucking might, all your will, all your determination, all every fucking thing that you have is your responsibility. It's your noble obligation. It's your noblesse oblige, so to speak. 
And other than French fries, noblesse oblige is the fucking greatest thing to ever come out of France. I guarantee you that. So guys, next time you think about how hard you have it, next time you think about all the negative things that you have to overcome, next time you think about how tough the road is or how long the road is, why don't you think about this? Being successful isn't about you. Making a lot of money isn't greedy. It's not about a fucking Lamborghini. It's not about a Rolls Royce. It's not about flying around on private jets. It's about being able to impact the world with your fucking legacy. It's about inspiring people, not through your fucking words, but through your fucking life. It's about taking what you were given, the privilege of being fucking born, and turning that into a message that inspires hundreds, if not thousands of people. And anything less than that is unacceptable. Anything less than that is weak. And anything less than that is a fucking failure of your responsibility. You have a responsibility to make the fucking most of your life. Are you? 